When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. Before we start talking about the movie, though, it is important that we bring it up because this is the last episode that comes out before Monster Mania. If you are listening to this episode and you haven't already, go and check out Monster Mania's website because we are at Monster Mania 36 in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And the following night, so that's going to be on Friday the 10th is when Monster Mania starts off. The following night, the 11th, we are going to be at the Brickwall Tavern and Dining Room in Burlington, New Jersey, where we are going to be discussing Jason Takes Manhattan and Freddy's Dead. We've got a whole bunch of guests lined up for that. Uh, we're going to have local uh, Philly comics, Eddie Gallagher and uh, Steve Clark. We're going to have uh, also guests, uh, the super villain punk rock musician Johnny Neutrano and the horror host slash hip hop rapper Bone Pounder are all going to be on those episodes and we're going to have live music after the show from Only on Weekends and Danger Club who we've talked about on this podcast so it's going to be an awesome time you don't want to miss out it's a free show so come and check that out but in the meantime let's talk about a really fucking shitty movie If you came here for action, thrills, and pulse-pounding suspense, then you are in luck. Because when you take this episode of our podcast and compare it side-by-side to Project Metal Beast, you will realize that our show is a fucking non-stop thrill ride. So strap in, secure your loose skin, and prepare to get restful and deep night sleep as... Oh, sorry. We're going to talk about Project Metal Beast. As picked by Adam, who wrote that intro. So why did you make us watch this if it's so fucking boring? <laughs> because he never watches the movies that he picks. Because I'm not a fucking mind reader, or I do, I can't predict the future. I didn't know that this movie was going to have five minutes of cool and <laughs> 20, an hour and 25 minutes of people talking and trying to show off their shitty acting chops. <laughs> and oh this, movie, oh, this movie... This movie... Yeah, I thought that this... So when you first picked this, I was really excited because I thought you had picked the movie Monster Dog, which I, I also haven't seen, but I've heard about for like two years. It's a werewolf movie written and directed by the guy who did Troll 2, starring Alice Cooper. Um, but no. Didn't I pick that movie? Should have picked that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you picked Project Metal Beast, which is like... Uh, I don't even know. So I got like six notes. I got so bored. Like, are you serious? I have tons of notes. One of my notes says, "Notes." Yeah. One of my notes just says, 90 minutes of this seems like a lot of commitment today." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I started watching this movie. I was like, "Oh man, this fucking sucks." And then I like took a week and I came back to finish it. And I started from the beginning the second time too. And um, 
it was a lot more entertaining than I expected it to be the second time around. So okay. maybe I just did it. Maybe that's the way to do it because, like, at least half of my notes are uh, are just me venting personally. Like the other one says, we haven't done a werewolf movie since episode one, and we're going to do this shit. <laughs> um, which am I wrong? I think this is the first werewolf movie we've done since Wolf Cop. Uh, I well, think that you're I mean, not wrong there. Waxworks had has the best werewolf in it, but yes, yeah. it's uh, really we don't do a whole lot of werewolf movies because they're real dry. Except There's not the a tra- whole yeah. lot of fun. We would just talk about the transformation scenes. Yeah. Also, I think that since werewolves are like probably arguably my favorite monster movie like trope. I don't want to say villain because they're not necessarily villains, but like they're my favorite monster, I'd say, um, mostly because of the fucking transformations. But because of that, it makes it so that a lot of times um, I'm way too critical of those movies and it would sound like I'm shitting on a good movie. Um, I I'd want to start this off by reading you this IMDb review that I found while, while I was uh, researching the movie here. Um, this is 10 out of 10 stars on IMDb. Um, I can't believe what great electrical work they did on this movie. <laughs> I mean, really, the lights and stuff were fantastic. I didn't see a single extension cord in any shot. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so this movie's plot is pretty much insane right out the fucking gate. Like, they... Yeah. So we're going to – where was it that they went to? What was the country? Does anybody remember? I don't know. It was probably some fake-ass country like the one you that they – paying attention to. at the beginning? Because I sure wasn't paying attention halfway through. I might have been halfway through this movie before. I was like, oh, 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 oh. I should probably listen to what they're actually saying. Uh, yeah. I mean the the opening was incredibly poor. There were so many shots of this movie where they, it was like they wanted to build up tension, but they would go on, you know, 45 minutes too long. It was fucking – Yeah. You know, I want to say that the the one part that – has the least tension, which I think is the funniest part of this film, is that when the the Merc and honestly, I didn't write down anybody's names, um, and I watched this movie almost one and a half times for this episode, and I didn't pay any attention to people's names because I didn't care. But uh, the Merc, the guy who turns into the Metal Beast, yeah. Um, there's that one point where he's starting to turn after he injects himself with the serum at, or with the the blood and. He um his his hand just turns because that's that's really perfect because I mean if you are turning into a werewolf wouldn't you want it to just be an extremity that you can hide and then slash people with? Well, um, would that make sense since he did inject it in his arm? So maybe that makes sense that it would start with his hand first before going full werewolf. I mean, maybe, but I don't think that that really makes sense in the scheme of okay, he injected blood into his blood. Circulatory system wise, I don't necessarily think that your extremities would get it first. That's just me. Yeah, but they any don't case. give a shit about that when they were writing this movie. But it has Brad. It has Brad from Rocky Horror Picture Show in it, so that's the thing. Oh, that makes it okay. But no, so so he starts to turn into a, a werewolf, and the um, the woman that he, he he finds this woman, and he has his hand hidden behind his back, and he's like. She's like, oh, hello, so-and-so. And then he, like, shows his hand to her. Where we – it's a long shot down a hallway. and Or were we supposed to be surprised that he – I think he raped her. I, like, I, I was really uncom- uncomfortable and confused by the fact that her clothes were torn to shreds and she was, like, shaking uncontrollably. But she wasn't dead. So no, what and, would and that she didn't appear to have – yeah, and he, it didn't appear that he ate any parts of her or or anything like that. Every everybody else that he assaults from from uh, earlier in this movie to after this movie, uh, they're all getting eaten. They're all getting at least their throat tripped out and eaten. Um, so yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure what happened in that scene either. I think that, that he I think that he assaults her like in a probably a sexual way because her clothes are getting ripped off. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like reading too much into it because of the fact that. We have a problem with picking movies with rapey undertones, but uh, <laughs> it <laughs> it's is not an intentional issue. at all. Um, yeah, well, if, I think if she did get raped, then this is the absolute epitome of subtlety when when it comes to movies <laughs> that we watch that include rape. It's true. It's absolutely true. But I mean that that scene. What I'm getting at though is that that scene seems to be trying very hard to make you 
worry that he's going to hurt her with that long shot. But there's no no tension built. You're just like, well, he's going to do something to her because he's got a monster hand now. Yeah, we know he has a monster hand. Something's going to happen. Like, but, I mean, okay, so the movie begins. They're in Patagonia or wherever the fuck it is that they went to. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. They're getting some sweet pullover shirts, though. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so they, they break into this mansion, and they find an arm on the floor. First off, that's a fresh arm because there's no rotting or anything to it whatsoever. No. But somebody has dumped maggots all over it was a little confused about that but it, it right away they go into a room and a fucking werewolf jumps on them from the ceiling M- minute five we're at we're at five minutes and like two seconds in uh, somebody gets jumped God. by a werewolf and he shoots the werewolf and then takes a bunch of vials of its blood goes back to the states we're going to test it out blah 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 try and figure something out to do with it so the guy so injects wait, i have a quick question for you guys have you tried to explain this um plot to anybody Nope. No, like is- I, I tried to explain this plot to Megan today, and it took me like five minutes. And I, I mean, I was trying my best to make it as simple as possible, but there's no way to uncoil the ridiculousness of this plot to someone. Well, you're about to run into a huge brick wall right right out the gate for this movie. Because here's the thing. So so whatever, he injects himself, he turns into a werewolf, the guy shoots him, they decide to put him in cryogenic storage. And then 20 years later... Oh, 20? I thought it was just 10. Wow, that's even more ridiculous. Yeah, it was like 20 years later, because that was 1974, and this is 1994, or whatever, that they're doing this now. So, uh, 20 years later, they were developing some sort of synthetic skin that they want to use, and the guy says, okay, I've got a test subject in cryo storage, why don't we attach the skin to him? Whatever. Now, the point where stuff gets real weird, is he goes down to the cryo tube, and he's talking to whatever the fucking guy's, the Merc. Well, he's talking to the Merc that's in the crowd, dude. And he's saying to him, yes, yeah, so like, before, it's a lot has changed now. Now we have a new technology, and soon I'm going to make you infinitely more invincible than you were before. It's like, okay, but why? Why would you want to? Remember what happened the last time that guy was just a regular werewolf? And you had to fucking shoot him in the chest three times to make him stop? Why are you giving him crazy fucking cybernetic implants now? Why would you so, do that? Th- that's that's a great question to ask because no one's going to answer that. But also, like, um, even before we get to that point, they're like, oh, well, we've been trying to make this synthetic skin, but it just keeps turning to, to rock hard. It, it's, it's as hard as steel. Why would you agree to put it on this dead body? Like, the, just the leaps of logic that these everybody in this movie... <sighs> God damn it. And I, I, I love it because he comes to them and he's like, well, I have cryogenic cadavers and you have this metal skin. And they're like, yeah, explain to us how those two things relate to each other. None <laughs> of our shit... None of our shit has anything to do with what you're researching. And it's just like, so so how are we helping each other? Like, why, why would you want to do this? And it's almost like the guy's like... <laughs> I just do this shit for fun because uh, fuck you. That's why I'll take away your funding. Now do it. And it's like, why? <laughs> okay, whatever. So whatever. We're glossing over so much stuff because I, I have notes, but they're, they're few and far between notes because there's huge chunks of this movie where two people will look at a computer and talk to each other or they'll drink vodka in a room and talk to each other. I think my or... favorite, I think my favorite note that I wrote that kind of explains why this movie's slow is uh, nothing like a thrilling poker game one-third of the way through the movie, where it's just like this long, drawn-out scene where it's just everyone sitting around playing poker. Yeah, there's there's two of those, actually. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is rivaling the brain for how bad the pacing is. Um, but I, I, want, I have a couple of things that I have to say to get us up to where we are in the theme, or in the plot so far. Um, the music at the beginning is god awful. Like I don't understand how that even happened. It's so out of place. It's like funhouse music for what's happening in this movie. Like the movie Funhouse yep. or just like circus music? Circus music. <laughs> just because you and I had a conversation earlier on today about Funhouse the movie doesn't mean that I'm talking about it now. Calm I down. I mean it is but it is a great movie. Um, <laughs> there, there's uh, a scene 
Okay, so there's a scene where they're in a kitchen and then they're they're now arguing with a chef who seems to be freaking out in Spanish about holy water, right? And um, and the other guy goes, "Well, can't say I really blame him for being scared in here." And then they go to the fridge and they pull out a corpse and they start doing stuff to it in the fucking kitchen. Don't do that. That's no wonder you won't cook stuff. You're this is against so many health standards. You're terrible. Get out of there. And then they're in an operation room later. I was like, you could take the fucking corpse there. That's cool. Get it out of the open floor plan kitchen. And also, I don't think that they were really following the correct um, operation standards when they were operating on his cryogenically frozen corpse because there are people walking around without masks on and they're like talking and there's that one guy who's uh, just like in plain clothes if i remember correctly yeah man there's there's a guy that just sort of also uh sits at the computer just sort of bippity bopping around at the computer and occasionally she'll look over and and she'll go well what's what's the core temperature at he'll go 45 she'll go bring bring it up to 90 two seconds later he's like okay now it's up to 90 it's like no it's not (laughs) this would take a while i don't believe you like (laughs) um so so um i I just have to point out the fact that this is another adam pick with full frontal male nudity and no female nudity (laughs) this is something that happens a lot (laughs) don't ask me why hey get comfortable with your sexuality bud sorry (laughs) i'm comfortable i'm totally comfortable i would like there to be a little female nudity to go with the male nudity personally that's just me no comfortable is going out of your way to search for movies that just have cock in them get on my list (laughs) i'd love to see what love to see what your google search is like history is it's like horror movies with only cock (laughs) yep I'm like I was like yeah you know right we haven't done a werewolf movie in a while so I'm like werewolf cock movie let's see here. <laughs> it took oh, him three just... pages to get past wolf cop but he got <laughs> <Yes>. to this <laughs> well actually three pages of wolf cop three hundred pages of rule thirty four werewolf porn <laughs> that I had to yeah. find. <laughs> and I had to skim through all three hundred pages of that I had to just in case he did uh, that for us man <laughs> yes please appreciate it this is why so, I appreciate you as a person point, are we at the point where um the guy so 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 the metal beast is like out roaming around now is that where we're at yeah i'm at where he's still sort of half man half metal beast because that effect kind of cool i had it given that's that is literally my note says sometimes the wolf looks cool and sometimes it looks like garbage like that sums up the wolf effects throughout the entire movie actually I actually said it looks sweet in a mid-90s sort of ridiculous way. That was my full note. Um, And I think that what you're pointing out, Matt, is that sometimes the Metal Beast looks like it's fucking jacked. And sometimes it looks like it just ate, like, five bean burritos. It looks so (laughs) fucking bloated and chubby. And I'm like, I understand that there has to be a person in that suit. But get, like, the skinny guy that does Abe Sapien. Come on. Doug Jones was waiting. There, there is a person in that suit, and his name is Kane Hodder, because that's who's in that what? suit the whole movie. Yeah. yeah so, oh, my God. Oh, no wonder he looks so bloated. <laughs> Kane Hodder. <laughs> so, fun fact, if you look on the Wikipedia page for this movie, uh, which, side note, the full title, according to Wikipedia, is Project Metal Beast DNA Overload, um, <laughs> every single name, except for three names is in red because there is no purpose for them to have a Wikipedia page. That is including director, producers, all of the writers, all of the companies that distributed the movie, (laughs) all of the cast. This is like just a parade of nobodies and then like three notable names. Kane Hodder, Kane Hodder, and Kane Hodder's belly. No. Barry Barry Boswick, a.k.a. the mayor from Spin City, and uh, fucking, you know, he was Brad in uh, in what's its face, um, Rocky Hot, Horror Picture, Red Hot Chili Peppers, yes, <laughs> uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and then I feel like the other chick, um, the the one chick has been, oh, she was in Dark Man too, but not much else. So she's she's made a career out of being in Are you movies about, about the one sin- with the like the bob haircut and the dark eye. Yeah, Kim Delaney is her name, but yeah, so she's been in a bunch of movies about synthetic skin. This and, she looks this and Dark way Man. more familiar than she actually was. Yeah, 
Oh, interesting. Maybe that's your fetish. I have no idea. Anyways, my I ninety percent of the reason that I picked this movie was because I thought we were gonna see like a cool cyborg werewolf. Thing. <laughs> he just looks like a regular fucking werewolf. He does. He looks like a normal werewolf who has matted silver fur, and then at the very end of the movie, he has like porcupine quills on his Those back. Those quills a are bit. sweet, though. I do dig that. The thing as far is as creature that- sign. I could see this creature being in like a '90s Metallica music video, not a fucking movie. Like I did. That might actually be why I like it. <laughs> it's a distinct possibility. Um, Here's a crown king of the town. Metal beast. Oh fuck! Even if we parody Metallica songs, Lars will sue us. We can't do this. Um, shit, man, cut that. Cut that so fast. He's going to take all our Patreon money. The next- oh, shit. It's rock. It's, it's hard as metal. I can't cut it. Oh, shit. <laughs> Listen, um, Matt, if you don't cut that, what's going to happen is that uh, the, that the April newsletter is going to be like, what did we do with your Patreon money? Gave it to Lars Ulrich. <laughs> it's just going to be a picture of Lars throwing you a real dickish thumbs up. It's going to be Lars doing the same drum beat for nine albums in a row. Yeah, for 30 years? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> you know, I think uh, Megan had a really great revelation that she should share with me. I mean, maybe it's not a revelation for her, but it really has been resounding in my brain for the last week or so. She was talking about people that are mediocre uh, musicians, and she was like, you know, the thing that makes mediocre musicians is people that don't challenge themselves. And now it makes complete sense. Lars is really just, like, I think he might be a cyborg, like a really shitty cyborg from 1970-something that was just like, I want to play drums, but my programming won't let me. So he, like, learned one drum beat. Are you trying to tell me that Lars Ulrich is a stuffy? (laughs) (laughs) And Lars does challenge himself. St. Anger was him challenging himself to sound even shittier than normal. (laughs) That's the other thing, though. You can't cut it because that actually ties back into Operation Metal Beast. He looks like... Project Metal Beast! Project Metal Beast! Sorry, Project Metal Beast. He looks like he would have been one of the creations that uh, that Shredder makes from from two, the secret of the ooze. Yeah, which really it is so disappointing that we haven't had the opportunity to talk about that movie because, I mean, if we were kids at, at doing a horror podcast, we'd probably be like, oh, we gotta talk about the secret of the ooze, man, it's got monsters in it. <laughs> the Never babies! Cue all three of us doing our shitty Shredder Sorry, but the Shredder from that movie was even doing a shitty Shredder impression. Alright. So the movie ends. I mean, the movie's over. The the Operation Metal Beast project. Project! Project. Why do I want to say Operation Metal Beast? I don't know. You said it so often in the chat that I thought it was the name of the movie, and the newsletter went out as the movie named Operation Metal Beast. No, 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 I fixed it. Oh, you did did fix it? Okay. I wish you had. No, I had to double check because I was like, I I went looking for Operation Metal Beast on YouTube because I was like, I know that I I watched half of this already. I just can't find it. It's because I was looking for Operation Metal Beast. Was there any, like, sweet indie metal on there that you found that was under Operation (laughs) Metal Metal Beast? No, but there, there are, like, there's a sweet, I don't know if it's indie, but it's, like, European power metal band called battle beast that's got a lot of really ridiculous over the top things that they do that you might enjoy but there is no band called metal beast so if you guys want to make it happen i got the riffs (laughs) i got um i'll just do my shredder impression as vocal (laughs) no you can do your fucking um mo rutherford impression i mean call yourself well, no, no, no. We'll call ourselves Metal Beast BC, be like Ghost BC, but you can just be like, uh, what's his name, Papa or something or other? Yeah, I'll just say, oh, well, it takes a, it's a long way down from the pinnacle to the pit. Uh, it's, uh... <laughs> you guys laugh, but we'd make way more money in a shitty Ghost BC ripoff band than doing this stupid podcast. You could call, you could call the band Operation Modal Beast. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is a music nerd joke, and I really appreciate it. Good job, man. Uh, yeah, Jesus. good, good shit, man. You did, you got the stuff. You got the stuff. <laughs> um, can't get enough. <laughs> can't get enough of that wonderful stuff. So I mean, that's it. The whole movie that operation Project Melvies kills a bunch of people. <laughs> um, I think we're only left with maybe like two two people, two women or, and one guy, two women right? and one guy. Right there, they run around in the basement, and they've created. Um, rockets essentially like RPGs. That rocket explosion, I laughed out loud. I was watching this with headphones, and I laughed out loud because it's so dumb looking, but also so entertaining. Yeah, it was actually pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, they exploded with a rocket, and that's that's it. That's the end of the. No, no, no! You're missing the gotcha moment where the synthetic skin starts uh, beating. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. There's a, a quarter inch by quarter inch patch of fucking skin on the ground, and that does it makes a little bit of movement. What is that thing gonna do? Where's it gonna go? It's, it's not going anywhere, doing anything. Um, remember that part? What? Remember that part in the stuff when the the lady gets that big piece of stuff on her face? It's gonna do that. Well, no, I was gonna say. Uh, remember a little movie called Monster Squad, where they blew up a <laughs> werewolf and then he sucked himself back together somehow. Yeah, but that that's a kids over. movie. That's not realistic. <laughs> Yeah, not like Operation Metal Beast, which was uh, Project Metal Beast, not, which was. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep saying it. Fuck it, I don't. Let's call it I'm op. Stop. Let's call op, it op. Ob- object Metal Beast. Let's object just, Metal. Let's just call it DNA Overload. <laughs> yeah, DNA Overload, uh, otherwise known as My Saturday Night Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Wow. <laughs> don't cut that one. No, um, there's no reason to cut that one. No, this is steel hard. None of it's getting cut. Okay. <laughs> um, what, yeah, I, the last note that I have is that it honestly feels like if you had taken this, um, and I mean, the, the, the effect looks kind of shitty. The prosthetics and stuff look, look all that great anyways. So if you just turn this into your 15-minute on-the-weekend college film product... I, I probably would have thought that it was pretty cool. Didn't Somebody need all get the... Dawson Leary on the phone. He's got his next movie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I didn't need all the in-between of people really trying to flex their acting bones, which they were fucking terrible. So I, I'd yeah. prefer if you did. Uh, and the one guy, that the very like meek guy that is uh, sort of always like running out of the room and like scared, that guy was trying his absolute damnedest. He, he, that guy was giving it his all in this movie. Still shit. So, um, so Adam, on a scale of one, it, on the overacting scale of one to guy at the beginning of Halloween 4, what would you rate that guy? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm, gonna give, I'm gonna give him a guy from the basement in, in Spookies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty solid, alright? Basement rapist. That's what I was calling him. Fuck and Duke. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. So, yeah, what did you guys watch this doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I didn't watch a ton of stuff because uh, Pokemon Go just released 80 new Pokemon, so I've been doing that a bunch. Um, but I did take time to watch one movie, which I probably have should have seen by now, but I didn't see until this weekend. Um, last year, I tried really hard to get into kaiju films, and uh, I found a couple that I really liked. So this year, my focus is trying to get into kung fu films, and I started with Enter the Dragon, which I had never seen before. And uh, I like it. I, I like it a lot. The final fight scene in A Room of Mirrors is pretty damn cool. That's that's been reviews with Matt Kelly for the for the for the blog. I uh, am on the letter D still, uh, so I'm currently watching 
movies that have the word death at the start of it. Uh, and I watched Death Proof again. And uh, I still do not like that movie very much. But I think it might be my favorite uh, Quentin Tarantino soundtrack. Because it's just a lot of really good, like... New metal? Yeah, tons of new metal. Uh, no, it's a bunch of, like... 50s rock and roll songs but it's very much like weird b-sides that would never have been singles back then uh so i kind of i kind of dig that element of the soundtrack but beyond that it's definitely one of his worst movies i love that uh closing credit song that chick habit song yeah by uh april march (laughs) yeah uh you know i only watched that movie one time and i sure don't remember the music from it at all but i'll I'll rewatch it if you say so I don't think you should rewatch it. I think you should find someone who's posted the soundtrack to Death Proof somewhere on YouTube and just enjoy the soundtrack to it. Here's here's how to right. improve your viewing experience of Death Proof. The stripping scene from the first half of the movie? Yep. Skip it. Yeah. Skip it. The entire scene where he originally meets uh, meets the girls and um, I don't remember which one. Ha- it might be Rosario, but whatever one has their foot sticking out of the car fucking skip it yeah everything that has to is do that, with is that them where he like does he chop her foot off going the other way or something it, or well no the, so what happens is he crashes into their car and they do the crash four different times so you see individually how each person in the car died and the one girl's leg was out the window and so one comes yeah so it goes no i'm off. talking about that's the first half of the movie the only part of that of the first half that i would cut is the strip scene as attractive as i find that girl thick as fuck i it's just not <laughs> you just don't need it right but what i'm talking about is in the second half of the movie where he then meets rosario and her gang of girls there is that scene where one of them has their foot sticking out of the car and he goes up and either sniffs it or or touches it it's just it's like five minutes of quentin tarantino viciously beating off on on you know whatever he taped that day um, well, see so, the so skip that. See the problem with so I was thinking about this when I was rewatching it is like so th- I feel like the biggest downside for Death Proof when it came out was that it was being compared to Planet Terror, uh, which was definitely the far superior of the two. But 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 it's, does does Death or does um does I was going to ask you this does Planet Terror um like hold up because I watched it one time in what two thousand six when it came out yeah. And uh, never again. So here's the thing. Uh, what I realized, though, in rewatching it and and having watched way more Grindhouse movies is that Planet Terror is just an 80s horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, Death yeah. Proof actually feels like a Grindhouse movie. So in that sense, Quentin Tarantino was way more successful than Robert Rodriguez on actually recreating the the feel of a Grindhouse movie. The downside is that Grindhouse movies are pretty fucking boring. So, like... Of them are. So can you explain to me, like, what makes something a Grindhouse movie? Because it, I'm, I'm, I know that listeners need to be like, Scott, you should fucking know this! But, yeah. I mean, it's not my, it's so, not my interest so level, so... A Grindhouse movie, as far as I understand it, was that it was like a 70s and early 80s <laughs> exploitation film, but it was specifically of the time that it was being screened at theaters was like the graveyard chef. Like it was being played alongside porn. Like it was just like in New York, the dirty ass fucking theater that was open at two in the morning was playing these like super low budget, like horror films and car chase films and shit like that. So like a movie like death wheelers is an example of an actual grindhouse movie from the seventies that is like super fucking boring and unwatchable, but it's about a gang of bikers that are satanic and like, Attacking. Same with this. It, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it, it is from that era. That's but if you were to try and recreate a grindhouse film today, you're going to want violence, you're going to want sexuality, and you're going to want to have a concept that most people wouldn't, most mainstream companies wouldn't be happy to make a movie about. Like back then, there was stuff like Cage Women and Heat, and like you know all the biker movies and shit like that. Some of the stuff that we watch. Um, <clears throat> That well, that would fall into our purview, like stuff like uh, what was that three thousand AD movie or whatever that he was talking about the other day, shit like that. Yeah. A lot of like post-apocalyptic like car movies and and you know the Mad Max ripoffs and shit like that. That's what that was back then. You know, high higher end studios don't want to make that. You make it, it's going to be a, probably a grindhouse 
shittier movie. Yeah, and a lot of those Grindhouse guys then, like, became, like, the Larry Cohens and the Frank uh, Henlotter. Like, I guess the best way to describe it is, like, Basket Case, I would say the difference is, like, I would consider Basket Case a Grindhouse movie, but I wouldn't consider any of the other movies that he made Grindhouse movies, because Basket Case has that gritty, shitty, like, this was made for a couple thousand dollars look to it, whereas, like, Frankenhooker is just as equally bizarre and demented, but it looks polished, it looks nice, like, it's shot, like, with some type of financial backing. Yeah, nobody saw. Nobody read the script for for Frankenhooker and, and thought, "Well, if we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna do this, I need three more scenes of violence and a sex scene in here." It, <laughs> then it might have been, you know, a grindhouse <laughs> movie. But Frank Henelotter was like, "No, no, no, it's good with the exploding crack. We'll leave it how it is." <laughs> <laughs> I did rewatch that this week too. That movie is still fun as shit, especially if you're watching it with a group of people. Um, laughs aplenty. Uh, but that's all I got <laughs> to say. I that's that went. Re- way longer than I anticipated, but I think I might actually keep it, because I think that people will enjoy listening to the discussion, and we'll throw in more thoughts on the on the Facebook page. How about you guys? What did you guys watch? Well, right now, while you guys are talking about that, I watched the lap dance scene from Death Proof. <laughs> <laughs> the song from that scene is good. You should. The only reason to watch that scene is because I like, I like that Down in Mexico song. Yeah, by the coaster. I, which... Actually, I listened to it without sound on, so there's that. Yeah. Um, so, I could, so I could listen to you guys. But man, that, that still is pretty... It makes me feel real pervy to watch that, so I did not enjoy it very much myself um that's what i'm saying it's really unnecessary part of the screen especially with the fact that i that girl looks like she's maybe 20 at the most and then kurt russell fucking looks old as dirt in that movie (laughs) yeah they let him actually be gray at the temples which is very nice but i will Um, real quick actually now that you mention it i will say this if you do rewatch the movie there is one thing that quentin tarantino does in that movie which at the time i didn't understand and didn't like and then the more i studied about grindhouse i really appreciated it as an intelligent idea is like midway. Th- the first half of the movie is like real grind, like real grainy and like chopped up and looks like old film stock. And then the second half looks kind of like fresh and new, like he just gave up on it stylistically. But when you rewatch the movie, there's a really awkward cut between the first half of the movie and the second half of the movie. And when I did some research, that's because very frequently in grindhouse films, they would have incomplete movies but would have a lot of the same actors and a similar premise, so they would take half of an old movie and splice it with a newer movie to make it a feature-length film and just hope no one noticed. So that's something that he attempted to recreate in Death Proof, is that you're actually supposed to be watching a movie that's two separate movies that have been spliced together into one consistent movie, which is why, like, Kurt Russell's character is really badass in the first half and is, like, a completely different character in the second half of the movie. Okay, well, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. I like that. Um, <clears throat> so, real quick, um, I. <laughs> so, you know, you guys remember back when we were doing Horror Club when I would always be like, I'm going to pick Troll 2. I'm going to pick Troll 2. I still haven't watched the whole thing, but I've gotten a lot closer to watching the whole thing because I watched pretty much all the clips that I could get my hands on um, a couple days ago. I don't think that they're in succession, but I don't think it fucking matters. Um, and wow, just wow. It is so much worse than I thought it would be. Like I, I thought that it was going to be bad. I mean, I knew it was going to be bad, but just the unintentionally funny lines are so mind boggling. Like how these people even agreed to say them. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's a story to that, too, if you watch the documentary Best Worst Movie. Is it about – is it saying that they they couldn't speak English? No. Is that the whole thing about it? The director and and I believe also – Yeah, the director couldn't speak English. Yeah, but the thing is that I I bet you that a lot of the time they were going into these scenes with the understanding of, yeah, this is really silly. I can't believe anybody would actually say this. And they probably laughed it off and and had fun while they were filming it. But once you meet the director in the movie, you realize – that he is very fucking serious about his work and was probably incredibly intimidating towards them on set. So that's what got this sort of like driven serious performance out of all these people, which makes it so much more sincerely fucking fucking going. <laughs> yeah, like they it was literally just the literal 
um, Italian to English translation, and he demanded that they speak every word of it with like as on the page. So they were like, oh, "Okay, I'll I'll say these lines. I'll rip your little tiny nuts off and eat them." Is definitely a line that's said from one character to another. God, God damn, this fucking movie is that fucking movie is just. I, I can't believe that that got made. Like, I mean, I know we watch a lot of bad shit for our podcast, but that is so beyond the pale. Yeah. Like, I know there were a lot of jokes about how bad it was and, and just watching the things play out on screen. And when I finally understood, <clears throat> like, the context of, like, the oh, my God scene. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I don't think I'll actually sit down and watch it start to finish. I don't think I have to now. I've I, seen the most bombastic parts of it. I highly recommend the documentary, though, because the documentary has this weird element of, like, there are definitely points where you feel sorry for some people, but then there's also these weird moments of, like, genuine sincerity where you're like, oh, wow. Like, it's like a weird redemption for a lot of these people who, like, have been so embarrassed by this movie that finding out that there are a group of people who love it, even if it's an ironic love, um, makes them feel like it isn't the worst thing that they've ever done anymore. Like it, it like it gives them that like feeling of like, Oh, so this, I shouldn't be as ashamed of this as I am. Like, which is kind of cool. And also you should just watch it because, uh, the one character going to his first ever horror convention, you should watch that before we go to monster mania. So you can uh, prepare Megan be like, Megan, watch this. <laughs> because, or so I can prepare myself. Yeah. Prepare both of you. Know. That is true. Prepare both of you. Cause I think it is monster mania. Like I think it is monster mania con that he's at, where he just is like, these people are weird, I'm leaving. And he just, like, leaves mid-convention. Like, packs up his shit and goes. <laughs> um, Alright, how about you there, Adam? What have you been watching? Uh, well, the only thing that I have for, to, for right now is um, I just caught Nothing But Trouble. Oof. Um, Why did, is this your first time watching that? This is my first time ever watching it. I uh. missed the first 20 minutes of it. Now, here's the thing. I'm fully filled in on what happened in the first 20 minutes because I've listened, listened to like six different ma- bad movie podcasts <laughs> go on about this, about this movie. Now, as much as it was a terrible movie and it was disgusting and I, I have to eat soon, which I don't I, – I should have known better um, – <laughs> Why did I don't understand? Like I, I don't. I kind of don't get it. <laughs> I kind of don't get why so many movie podcasts sort of zoned in on this particular movie that uh, that everyone has done it. We hate movies has done it. Flophouse has done it. Uh, How did this get made has done it. They've all of them have so, done it. So the best that I can come up with for that answer because I'm going to make a confession here. I don't think it's that bad of a movie. I don't think it's a good movie. But I think that it's enjoyable under the right circumstances. If you're watching with like a group of people, you can have a really fun time with that movie. Um, I think it's because it was one of those like super cheap, was on cable repeatedly type of films. So like a giant portion of like that demographic, like that, like I guess twenty five to like forty range crowd just saw that movie repeatedly, and it was like one of those early like, what the fuck is this like? Nothing but trouble to most people is what freaked was to me. Like I constantly was catching freaked on TV and being like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, so I think Nothing but Trouble is one of those movies that just kind of is buried in a lot of people's memory banks as a really weird movie that they caught on television, and then it's just baffling that it was made with like the cast that it has. Like if that movie was a low budget, like. Larry Corman film or or like a trauma flick, no one would bat an eye about it. But the fact that almost every cast member is like an A list star, and were at the time yeah. pretty pretty high A list in in high regard celebrities. Okay, so if you're saying that it's just you know ingrained in their collective psyche, and that's why that particular demographic wants to watch, that's fine. I honestly thought that I was going to have a lot more of a like a sort of like a violent reaction to it. The way that they talk about it on these podcasts i've heard several of them at this point um maybe uh, the 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 sort of aspect of surprise was just lost because i already knew a lot of the stuff that was going in but truly the only really upsetting part of the movie for me is that john candy had to be subjected to this fucking garbage i felt so bad for him <laughs> the whole time I, is he the only one that you feel bad for is that what i'm getting at well, here? Yeah, well no, like well, dan I mean, Aykroyd actively 
wrote and directed it, so he knew what yeah, he was he, stepping he into. He was the torturer of this movie. <laughs> he he was the puppet master here. So no, fuck Dan Aykroyd. Um, That's the best he could do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now Dan uh, or uh, John, we're gonna have to dress you up as a woman. Sorry, best I can do for you, bud. Um, <laughs> and, and now uh, you're gonna have to puke these leeches. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I mean, Chevy Chase, fuck Chevy Chase. I hope that he only got to do movies that were this shitty for his entire career. Not a big fan of that guy. Demi Moore, I did feel bad that she had to make out with Chevy Chase. <laughs> but, you know, really, the the worst part of the movie for me is the two twins, um, Bobo and Little, little, little Devil, or whatever. Yeah, oh. Um, just... <laughs> really offensive to look at offensive to hear just not a treat for the eyes in any way shape or form but other than that i thought it was kind of an interesting movie it's yeah, sort of like you... uh it's what's what's um no what's what's the crazy machines that they make that are just really unnecessary and, and like oh like um, a rube goldberg Rube Goldberg machine. That's what the yes. movie is. The movie is one large Rube Goldberg machine that you watch him have all these different tips, tricks, and all this little stuff that he's got going on in the house, and that's enjoyable. I don't know why they label it as a horror comedy, because it feels like Dan Aykroyd's understanding of horror is uh, you gross people out, and yeah. that, that terrifies them. So that's his only... That's the only attempts that he makes to ever be scary about anything. Even well, I was going to say, are, when you... When you told us that you were watching Nothing But Trouble like an hour ago, I was like, I wonder if he's trying to imply that he wants to pick that movie for the podcast, because I, I wouldn't veto it. <laughs> like, no, no, we're gonna... Cause I don't have... I don't feel like I have 45 minutes of discussion for it. Because I, I, <laughs> it's already been done it. enough by everybody yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. That, and it's been out to... It's been... It's out to pasture at this point. But, I mean, the movie is not scary. Even when people are literally having bones rendered from their body, it's playing, like, upbeat, happy music and shit. And it just... It doesn't... The, the whole thing is just a weird fucking concept. And, and I mean, I, I don't know, drugs, bad decision-making, alcohol, I'll tell you, fucking probably alcohol, uh, knowing Dan Aykroyd was involved here. And just, <laughs> Is Dan know, Aykroyd an alcoholic? Well, he's a, a, he's a heavy drinker. He owns a, a vineyard as well as uh, Crystal Skull Vodka, very heavily involved in the alcohol scene. I feel like Is he the, also the one that killed the uh, Indiana Jones franchise? Is that what I'm getting from you here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he also he also is a very firm believer in ghosts and or uh, of uh, aliens. aliens, and will talk to literally anybody who asks about yeah, if, aliens. If you go to a a signing for Dan Aykroyd, all right, and you get to the front of the line, and there's you know 150 people behind you, and you ask him about aliens, the 150 people behind you are fucked because that guy <laughs> will talk about it. For the next 90 minutes, and you'll screw everybody else there. I've literally seen footage of people on YouTube, well, at at a signing, do that exact same thing, and then he'll look (laughs) up and realize that he just talked to one person for 25 full fucking minutes about this and has put himself way behind for the rest of the people in line. He's very impassioned about it. That's why the, the Crystal Skull Vodka is Crystal Skull Vodka, because he believes in that whole legend of the Crystal Skull alien shit. Oh my god, that's so stupid. <laughs> so that was Project Metal Beast from 1995, as picked by Adam. Thanks, Adam. Fuck you, Adam. Uh, if, you no ever, <laughs> if you ever have a suggestion for something that we should watch, you can send us an email at hmnpodcast at gmail.com, and we will be more than happy to at least read your email and, and contemplate it for a, or for a bit. Um you can also check us out on our Facebook page, which is always active, always filled with people chatting, and of course, we are always interactive on there. And you can go to the Patreon account where you can donate some money so we can continue to do the things that we're doing, like the Monster Mania convention next weekend, and our live event also next weekend. So don't forget to uh, check some of that stuff out. We'll be talking about that on the Facebook page as well. And there's plenty of places for you to listen and interact with us. Adam, where's some of the places they can interact with us? You can always follow us on Twitter at HMN Podcast. Feel free to DM us with any kind of questions or hit us with an at. We're more than happy to uh, to talk to you guys in the mentions there. As well as I just was Googling us earlier today and uh, I found us on player.fm. So apparently we're on there. I don't know huh. how, um, <laughs> but I guess we are. Anyway, let's sue them. Let's sue them. <laughs> uh, you can check us out on 
Player FM until we sue the shit out of them. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud.com backslash Horror Movie Night. Uh, we have all of our delightful content on there. We are also on um, the Facebook page, obviously. And have we talked about Patreon? Uh, I mentioned it briefly, but uh, you can also listen to us on iTunes, right? Yes, I'm sorry. I got. I got. Uh, all I can think about is I. I, I need to. Get us money so that we can sue the shit out of Blair. <laughs> uh, but yes. Counter sue Lars Ulrich. <laughs> no, we're just going to bend over for Lars, Lars Ulrich. I'm sorry. It's it's just not worth trying. Bend um, over and hope he finishes soon. <laughs> um, well, you know that his kick drum foot does not have very much stamina, so we're just going to assume the same for it. Oh, no. Um, and when we get reviews on iTunes, we just watch them come in and then we touch ourselves we do i i am actually currently hopping on to itunes right now to try to find uh the most recent review yeah no it's been a lonely lonely weekend so let me see um on on march 10th and 11th we can touch each other (laughs) (laughs) uh on uh about a few weeks ago someone named grim xx9 put a very simple five-star review he said you get what you're looking for a uh, mix of reviews and comedy. One of the best horror podcasts out there. And that wasn't written by any of us, so thank you, whoever you are. Um, I still, yeah, you th- know, it wasn't written by us because it was concise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the best review of all time, though, still goes to uh, the user named Sandstone on February fourth, two thousand sixteen, when uh, he wrote. Uh, finally, a horror podcast that knows what's up with indie movies and B-movies insanity. All the hosts are gay for each other, but that makes sense since they're all sexy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's a good ending point. Come check us out at Monster Mania next week. We are excited to finally meet some of you guys. Peace. Wait, wait, let me go get a, uh, oh man, what can we use for that snare drum? Um, maybe we could go out and get a, a sewer drain. Oh, I got it. Let's all dress up as the Ninja Turtles and use sewer drains as, okay, forget it. <laughs> Even that's yeah, I'm gonna, gonna, probably going to cut that bad boy. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.